You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We have a preacher who's come from our family from Malaysia. And uh, we are on week 8 of our series Word View. And for those of you who have joined us in the past few weeks, we have been talking about the Bible. We've been talking about the Scripture. We talked about the doctrine of the Scripture, the, you know, the clarity of the Scripture, the sufficiency, the necessity, the authority of the Scripture. And I hope that you have been learning, enjoying, meditating, reading, memorizing the Scripture. Pastor Timothy Law is actually just um, you know, a, a good friend. You know, um, we, we go way back in 2000-something. Uh, when, uh, yeah, 2002, maybe 2001, or even maybe before that. Um, I remember when uh, we had a crisis in our family, me and my wife and the whole family went to Malaysia to uh, have a short uh, rest and uh, forlow. And it was Pastor Tim, together with his wife, Teresa, who actually accommodated us. And Conrad and Lolit actually who used to work there, uh, just uh, have, you know, help us just go through the pain of losing a son. And, um, you know, Pastor Tim is actually the senior pastor of our Every Nation Church in Kuala Lumpur. I was gone two weeks ago because, uh, because of him, okay? I was there uh, ministering in their church and also meeting with their leaders. A fantastic church. They, uh, they recently opened their brand new building, as I have showed you in, uh, in, the, in my previous uh, preachings. And uh, he is uh, one who's responsible also for planting uh, three more congregations from that place, from Kuala Lumpur. They have uh, churches in Cyberjaya, uh, Penang, and uh, Dan- Demansara. Uh, Pastor Tim is a fantastic Bible teacher as well. He finished his course in Portland Bible College. And uh, he is not just a Bible preacher, but he is also a, an amazing badminton player. Okay, So those of you who are... Uh, serious in badminton, you gotta try this man. He's, he always flies there just doing some smash. Uh, he's married to a beautiful lady, a wonderful lady named Teresa. They have four kids, three boys, one girl. Uh, their eldest, uh, Joel, is actually in uh, college right now already. Uh, Joel, Joash, Jaden, and Joanna. And uh, I'm, uh, you know, what a fantastic and a fitting way for us to be able to finish this word view with a great Bible teacher, one of my favorites in Asia. Let's all welcome Pastor Timothy Law. All right. <clears throat> all right. Good morning. It's so good to be here. Uh, before I begin, obviously, my wife is here. So good to be here, you know. I came here walking this morning. I saw John and Angel. So good to see you. And uh, uh, they were in Malaysia for uh, about one or two years, you know, working there. And, uh, you know, what a coincidence just to bump into them. We're here on Friday, uh, hosted by Conrad and Lolly. They really treated us uh, like a king, world class, you know. They gave up their bait and for us. And uh, we just felt so loved, so welcome. And uh, really, you know, just thank, thanking them. And uh, obviously, I just want to honor Pastor. Uh, Arel and Shirley for yesterday was their uh, uh, 28th wedding anniversary. Okay, would you give them a hand? Okay, and they sacrificed their dinner to host us. And uh, I was so happy because he brought me to Abe. Am I correct? Abe, where the tagline is where good friends dine. 
Uh, so we've been here for many times, but we were never upgraded to good friends. Now we ate in our bay, we were finally officially good friends. Okay, so if you have good friends here and you've never been to our bay, and you need to do that because that's the, you know, the, the rights, the official rights, you know, and just to honor this man for his leadership. Uh, you know, and uh, uh, one of the reasons we gotten him to come to Malaysia was because I just want to learn from him. I just want to ask him loads of questions. How did he take the church from this level to that? What did he do, you know? But more than all the leadership, amazing quality that Pastor Ariel has, he is my personal hero of faith. He is a friend, a personal friend. Uh, having seen him gone through, he and Shirley, what they have gone through and come out triumphantly, not many people will be able to do that. And for me, every time I think I'm stressed, Every time I think about the, the way that's upon me, I just look at him. Beside looking at Jesus, almost look alike, you know, and, and just looking at him, I'm already inspired. I mean, he's in Witten, you know. Uh, I was telling him that some people go to Witten, some of us, we are wheat. Anyway, the wheat, you know, the grass wheat, okay, but he's Witten, okay, we are the wheat level, he's a Witten level, and I'm just so impressed with all the many hats that he has to wear. So, bro, I, thank you so much. Last night, we had Starbucks after Abe uh, to top it up. The friendship is to drink in Starbucks, you know, and uh, while my wife and Shirley went to Landmark, it was Landmark for her, it was Landmine for me, uh, but... <laughs> Uh, but uh, we were in Starbucks and we were talking, we were laughing, we were talking about life, we talked about the challenges that we have and uh, really great to have a great friends, you know. So I'm, I'm just so honoured to be here. Uh, I, I'm, I really enjoy just thinking through this series because you're having this word view series. I thought it was just excellent. Taking eight weeks journey, layer by layer, you try to put in every one of us just a different layer, how you approach and think about the Word of God. So I'm just so honoured to be able to to do the last one. Uh, hopefully, uh, it makes sense to you. Uh, I, I hope you can understand my Malaysian English. I think you can, okay? Now, I want to introduce you, my family, very quickly uh, so that you have an opportunity to see how they look like. Uh, this, is, this is just recently taken. It is during Chinese New Year. Actually, it is still Chinese New Year this season. Uh, how many of you, you celebrate Chinese New Year? No, no, not, not, not a lot. Okay, never mind. Okay. Uh, all right. It doesn't matter. So this is my family. This is my father. My father is almost 90 years old. Uh, he had some couple of physical challenges. I, I helped to take care of him for a, a season. And uh, he's, still, he's still with us. And that's my mum. Uh, and obviously, that's me. This is my eldest son, Joel. Uh, this is Joash. He's um, a musician. This is Jaden. Uh, he loves to eat. That's his job description right now. Uh, and this is Joanna, and she's our youngest daughter. Uh, we have three boys, one girl, and some of you may know, some of you may not know, we have three boys, happy with three boys, and as Chinese, we plan it very, very, every three years, we produce one. And after producing three, we decided to stop, and uh, I did uh, whatever medically possible to stop, uh, but five years later, God gave us a girl, okay? So I want you to know that with God, all things are possible. And uh, we have her, uh, she is the prince says the whatever you know she rules the house uh, she talks a lot if you come to my house um, you know she will entertain you the best she can sit down with you have a conversation for an hour when she was about six years old I think we had a couple that uh, came to our church and she sat down she said uh, how's marriage life 
okay? And if she see a single, she said, do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a girlfriend? So I don't know, where did she pick that up, okay? But anyway, we really enjoy her, okay? You know what? What's amazing is uh, you can have a family, and they eat the same food, uh, listen from my, you know, from my same command, same instruction, whatever, but they all grow up so differently. So I used to say this, okay, for my Joel, he's kind of a brainy kind of a guy. Um, he loves math, okay, for every one of us, for, for, for Joel, math is magical for him. He loves math, okay. So you give him math, he will do all the math questions, he scores very high in math, and math is magical. For Joel, she's a musician, math is a myth. He can never understand math. Seriously, he, he couldn't understand math. He struggles with math all his life, but he just loved beats and music, drum, guitar, piano, you know. Uh, for Jay, the math is always a mistake. Always, okay? Uh, he will always say, that's a wrong question. That's a wrong question. The teacher taught me wrongly. Every math question is a mistake for her. Only Joanna, math is math, okay? So, you know, you have, you have four different children all come from the same household, but they all uh, grow up so differently. Okay, now let me just move on uh, to the Word of God. And I want to kind of begin with one verse that I think the Bible so aptly crystallized the Word of God. What is the Word of God? One uh, of my... One of my uh, greatest desire is every time when I approach the Word of God, if you throw me a subject, I try to find, I try to narrow down the top three verses that describe the subject most uh, accurately from a biblical point of view. So I work hard on that. Uh, sometimes I will read through hundreds of scriptures just to arrive at a particular verse. And for the Word of God, I know you have gone through a lot. I know that in this journey, you took on Psalms 119, which is David has a big love for the Word of God. He almost take the Word of God, Psalms 119, and personified it as a person. He talked about how he fell in love with this word, how this Word of God is a light unto his feet, how he guides him, kids him, and girds him, and leads him. I mean, so much that David has to say. But I want to bring you to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. He says, for the, would you read together? For the Word of God is living, active, and sharper. Now, I want you to take a, take a pause on that. I want you to ask yourself, is that how you describe the Word of God to you? I want you to ask yourself, how many of you would say the Word of God is, some of you say, dull? boring, cannot understand. How many of you would categorize the Word of God? How many of you would elevate the Word of God that in your life, the Word of God, the description of the Word of God for your life is living, active, and sharper. Come on, everybody say that three words together. Living, active, and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far, it was describing how living, how active, how sharper it is by all this word. He says like a two ages, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit. Obviously, there's, it, it seems there's this two category, joints and marrow, two category, able to judge the thoughts and intention of the heart, two category. And he talks about how sharp, how living, how active the word of God right now. Let me just kind of walk through with you with that three little phrase that describe and prescribe almost to the detail what the Word of God has the potential to do in your life. You know, I want you to know, every time when you read the Word of God, the first thing that you want to approach is, God, may I read your Word today? Let it be living, let it be active, and let it be sharp. 
Let it be something that pierces through every thought, every decision making, every worldview that I'm considering, every decision I'm going to make, every challenges, business challenges, moral challenges, everything that's on my plate right now. God, help this word to be living, sharp, and active, that it can cut through and helps me to see what you want me to see. Now, that's the potential of the Word of God. But sadly, it's not as such to many people. You know, every one of us have a word bank, you know, which means that, that all of us thrive with words. Words are something that we describe. We describe ourselves by words. I just described, come from Malaysia. I mean, we use words to describe our personality, our characteristic. We have, we have so many words to describe a certain character because words always, it's, it's so powerful, right? Now, we all have many word banks. A lot of us will remember, potentially, uh, words that comes out from movies, all right? Remember, I mean, uh, uh, what? Uh, with great power comes with great responsibility. Who, who say that? See, you can remember that. Spider-Man chapter 1 verse 2. <laughs> all right? Okay? All, all words like, you know, this morning I was just noting down some of them that I can remember. Okay? Or words like, you jump, I jump, or I jump, you jump, you jump, I jump. Titanic, all right, something like that, okay? Uh, um, the, I'm not too sure whether you know this, but they may take our lives, but they never will take our freedom. Braveheart, that's right, okay? Very good. Wow, okay. You complete me. Jerry Maguire, okay. Uh, if you build it, it will come. Fields of dreams, very good. I'll be back. All right, okay. Metaphors be with you. Okay, anyway, you know what? We remember all kinds of words that were spoken in movies, in books, in phrases, quotes, or whatever, because all these words build us. But did you know, we, all these words build us. We remember words spoken by our parents, by our loved ones. But I want you to know in the midst of having so much words, what top all this word is the word of God because the word of God is living. It's sharp. It's alive. It's like a two-edged sword. It cuts through everything. It helps you. Now, the word living simply means, the word living means it's alive because the Word of God has such a, a creative power. Am I correct? You know, when God spoke, it became alive and that's how God created heaven and earth, okay? Which means this, okay? If you come, if you come today, you are discouraged. You know something about the Word of God because it's alive, it creates, it has a creative power. It can create encouragement into your soul. If you come to the Word of God, you are hopeless, but the Word of God has a capacity, has a creative capacity. Because when God says, let there be light, there is a creative power from the Word of God. Let there be joy. It can, it can. I've seen that so many times. The Word of God has that creative power just to be able to boom and change something into our soul. Because that is why it's called, it's living. Number two, the Bible says that it's active. The word active, active simply means it's effective, it, it's, uh, it's powerful, and it works. It works, okay? Which means that, um, you know, how many of us like the Word of God to work in our life, okay? All of us are familiar with that, right? Uh, if you take a pill, uh, if you, uh, let's say you want to build six packs, okay? I do have. There are six in our family. Every one of them has one packs, 
So we're all six packs together, okay? Uh, right? And uh, you did certain kind of exercise. You have a personal trainer, you train for six months, and, and then you stand in front of the mirror, and it doesn't show any packs. So it means that it wasn't one. It wasn't defective. It wasn't, you know what I'm saying? If you, are, if you are sick, you take a certain medication, you expect to be healed because it's effective, okay? Uh, so the word active means that its power, it shows forth. All right, it act, it's, it's active. Number three, it's sharper. Uh, actually, there are two Greek words for the word sharp, okay? But in this sharp, it means that you just only chop one time and it's cut. And that is the Greek picture of the word sharp. That means the word of God has all this capacity. Now, I want you to do this, okay? Every time when you approach the word of God, you come to the word of God, you say, God, let it be living, let it be active, let it be sharp in my life. Whatever subject, whatever you were going through. You know, many years ago, just to illustrate one story, um, uh, I was wanting to... Uh, when I became a pastor, before I became a pastor, I, I wanted to go to Bible college. This is way back in 1991, 92. Okay, really long time ago. Anyway... And uh, I wanted to go to, to a Bible college. Uh, at that moment, I didn't know how to choose because there are Bible college in Malaysia, there are Bible college in Singapore, there are Bible college in Philippines. This is those days before I knew about the every nation world, before I knew of uh, the world of school mission, you know, the best Bible college in the world, <clears throat> okay? And before I knew all of that, okay? I was in the midst of trying to search for it and I kind of read a book uh, by uh, Dick Iverson or Frank DeMazio, which is where they were leading the Bible college called Portland Bible College. So I was kind of interested in that Bible college. Anyway, to cut a long story short, I asked many pastors if what Bible college should I go to? And uh, first of all, I went to some of the pastors. He said, no, no, no. He says, don't go to U.S. He says, U.S. will corrupt you, you know. And, and then they'll tell us how immoral is. You know, this is those days where there's no internet, you know. I mean, so people has all kinds of thinking. They say, no, go, don't go to U.S. You know, why don't you go to Singapore? Singapore is better. Lee Kuan Yew is there, you know, all those things. And, you know, and, and so they why go to Singapore? Stay in Malaysia. Malaysia is the best. And, you know, I mean, you get so many advice and you are so confused. One day, I was reading the Bible, living, active, sharp, cuts to, pierce to every decision making. I come across Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, which is a whole passage that Jesus or God was talking to the, name, to the nation of Israel, but there's one particular verse he says, he says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the best of the land. Okay, now, I know, I know potentially I've taken that a little bit out of context, but at that moment, just reading that verse, if you're willing, so the question wasn't Malaysia, US, the question is, are you willing and obedient? And wherever you go, you will eat the best of the land. You know what? Who I am today, at least biblically, was shaped very much by this Bible college called Portland Bible College. When I read that verse, that verse is so come alive. And I just know that all I needed to do, Lord, is to stay willing, obedient. I'm sure I will eat the best of that. Something about the Word of God. It's so living. It's so sharp. It's so active. It pierced through every little decision-making sometimes that we need to make. And then we learn to come to a point where God speaks to us so clearly. All right? Now, I want to give you the other verse. So this tells you the potential of the Word of God. This verse tells you 
what is your response towards the Word of God, all right? Now, uh, a little bit of context. First Thessalonians was written by Paul. Uh, if you know the story, Paul was in his second missionary journey. Uh, he went to a couple of places. He planned churches, you know, anyway. And he, was, uh, he went to Thessalonica and actually stayed there for about three weeks. And he planted churches. And because of the uproar of the Jews, and they moved on. And he went to Ephesus and potentially wrote this from Corinth. And he wrote it to Thessalonica churches, which is all of them are brand new Christians. Okay, they're all brand new Christians. And, and this is what he says. I love this verse because in this verse, it tells you three things that you should do towards the Word of God. All right? So he says here, For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing because when you receive the Word of God which you heard from us, you welcome it not as the Word of man, but as it is truth, the Word of God which also effectively works in you who Believe. Now, I highlighted these three little words because in this verse, it tells you when you receive, welcome, and believe, the Word of God can be effective in your life. It tells you that, okay? So, I, I, I read my Bible every day. I take on the Word of God, all right? So, first of all, the first hat I wear is the Word of God is living, active, and sharp. I, I approach it not as any other words. I approach it not as a political saying. I approach it not as a novel. I approach it not as a great philosopher thinker. I'm approaching as the highest word, the word of all words, which is the word of God. All right? I, I know that I'm expecting this word of God to be living in me, sharp and active in my life. Okay? And then it talks about your internal posture. Okay? He says, if you were to be able to receive the word of God, welcome it and believe it, he says, then this word of God, it can be effectively works in you. And the word means it greatly display out of your life. It effectively what I mean it's such a it's such a display, you know. Um Whatever that you do, whether you're on diet, whether you have a makeover, you know, when you come out, boy, it's so effectively displayed because you now look new because of that word that has done in your life. Okay, so I want to walk you through with these three little phrases, welcome, receive, and believe. I want to begin by the word welcome, all right? Everybody say welcome. welcome. Okay, now, um, the word welcome simply means you receive with hospitality and you receive favorably, okay? You know, there's something about being welcome. Uh, welcome is something that it can be felt, am I correct? Uh, when I came to stay in Alabang, when I was to be Conrad, uh, we felt the love that he was showing unto us. First of all, he gave up his own bed and, uh, and he slept in the daughter's bed. Uh, so we were, oh, no, you don't have to do that. No, 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 we really want you to have the bed. And you know, you know you are welcome when they have their breakfast. They take out all the plate that is really expensive. <laughs> and you know, every utensil, there's a story behind. This plate was given by so-and-so. This is utensil. This is bought by why, you know why. And everyone, there's a story. You knew everything about the house by just having one meal of breakfast. And you felt so welcome because they did their best, they, they put on their best, they wake up earlier, they make sure they put on the music, the aircon, they were generous. And all of a sudden, you know that you're welcome because you will put the highest priority. Are you with me? Now, the way you want to welcome the Word of God is you must put the Word at the higher priori highest priority. You must welcome the Word of God. So the Bible says you must welcome. You don't doubt. You, want, you just welcome. You generously embrace it because you are trying to receive it with favor and with great 
Hospitality. Okay? Now, does the Word of God has a priority in your life. Do you welcome? Do you, the, the, word, the Word of God stands up and says, you know what? I feel so welcome in this person's soul because they talk with me. They embrace me, all right? So he says, you welcome the Word of God. Number two, he says, you receive the Word of God. The word receive means to join oneself with, not withholding any obedience towards it, okay? Uh, the word receive simply means you have a place, a well place for what you took in. Uh, this is the same word that when Joseph married, Mary says she, he received. This is the same word that the Bible says in John 14, where it says when Jesus got up to heaven, he prepared a place so that he will be able to receive you. It, it's, it's the same word. It's the same Greek word used about 50 times in the Bible. And it always talks about you receiving. You create a definite space and a place for someone to join you. That, that's just, you know, so first of all, you welcome, right? You welcome and you let the Word of God felt that priority. Then you join yourself to the Word of God. You join. There is a merging. There is a coming together. You allow that Word of God to invade your soul to invade your mind, to invade the way you think. You know, today there are so many thoughts on everything. One of the things that I like to do is, every subject you throw to me, the first thing I do is I just Google in the Word of God. That's the first thing I do. You talk about homosexual, I just go, what does the Bible first have to say about that? You talk about adultery, what does the Bible first have to say about that? You talk about giving, what does the Bible, not what, you talk about investment, what the Bible has, not what Warren Buffett has to say first. Not, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the, the first thing that you do when it comes to, you, you must go to the Word of God and the Word of God has so much to say. So all you needed to do is very simple. Today, it's really high tech. Last time, you got to have this concordance, this huge weapon that you hold. I mean, really big. You can kill an elephant with it. You know what I mean? Just really heavy, right? You, you bring this big concordance and then you try, now you just go, just internet. I mean, you can find. And so what I do is every time you give me a subject, I will, put, I will potentially read hundreds of scriptures on that particular subject before I came to a good feel of what the Bible says about that subject. Are you with me? Now, so if you can practice that, that is a great practice that you can do because that will help you to just love what the Bible has to say. So you welcome it and you receive. And finally, you believe the Word of God. The word believe simply, simply means you are totally persuaded. I love that. You are totally persuaded. That means you put your entire weight on the Word of God. All right? Now, so we, we kind of walk through the Word of God. We kind of walk through a little bit just now on uh, the potential of the Word of God. is living, it's sharp, it's active. And then we talk about preparing our heart. Our heart is to welcome, receive, and believe. That's what we are called to do, okay? Now, to do all that, which is why today in the last message, we talk about the importance of interpretation and application, all right? Now, let me just give you very quickly, and then I will, I will sum it up by one or two stories that potentially will help you to understand. Now, interpretation, when it comes to the Bible, is asking this question, what is God saying to them? The Bible was written in a context, in a world by itself. Uh, when Paul wrote it, there's a world behind him. Am I correct? Uh, it's a world that he was being persecuted. It's a world that he was having challenges. You know, Every phrase that I say, there's a world behind it. For example, many years uh, 
in China, during uh, the 513, there was this big riot in China. When that happens, everywhere in the press, they will tell you the travel advice is do not go to China. Am I correct? For you to understand, do not go to China, you first of all must enter into that year, 1980-something, into that world, into that scenario, for you to understand why it says do not enter the world, do not enter into China. It doesn't mean today you don't enter into China. Are you, are you with me? Because in that statement, there's a world that happens. There is a lot of stories, there's a lot of scenario. There were war going on, and when he says that, it, it gives you a, a good understanding. So interpretation is very simple. Interpretation is when you read the Bible, you are trying to go into their world at that moment and to ask this question, what is God saying to them? All right? Application is really what is God saying to me? Okay? So the first of all, you, you, got to, you got to go into the world of the Bible and try to understand what it's trying to say to them. And then application, then you're trying to apply to what it's trying to say to you. All right? Now, how you do that is you learn how to ask question, okay? Two questions you've got to ask, very simple, okay? First of all, you ask directly to the passage. And to ask directly question, you use the 5W1H question, all right? How many of you know the 5W? Okay, would you help me? The who, what, where, when, why, right? How, and then the how, all right? You, you ask that, so that's the first thing that you do. When you read the Bible, you ask. So for example, First Thessalonians, that verse that I show you, you apply that five question. Who is Paul writing to? What was he asking the people to? Why did he write that passage? You know what I'm saying? You ask those questions. Those are the first question is directly to the verse. You use the five W and one H. Very simple. The second question is you ask in a bigger, that was direct question, it was indirect. You ask a bigger framework. You ask, what is this verse saying? What is the passage saying? What is the chapter saying? What is the book saying? What is the Bible has to say about that subject? You just work your layer out. And that's what I do all the time. It's very simple, okay? Now, uh, I know that this is not a Bible class, so it's a bit difficult for me to go too technical. But if you can remember this two ways. One is directly use a 5W and 1H question. One is asking the question, what is this verse saying? What is the passage saying? What is the bigger chapter saying? What is the book saying? And what is the Bible has to say about this subject? When you learn to have that little practice, you already achieve 80 to 90% of what is needed to understand a particular facet. It's as simple as that, okay? Now, I want to end by having what I call there are three ways that the Bible can easily be applied in our lives, okay? Very quickly. First of all, it's the word principle. Every said principle. Okay? You know, the Bible is full of principles. Principles is very important. When I approach to the Bible, the Bible tells me principle. Tithing, it's a principle. Praise and worship, it's a principle. That's why it's called sacrifice. Of it. The moment you see up, principally, you lift up your hand because you are living not by an emotion, you are living by a principle. Principle, it's very important. Now, let me illustrate the, 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 uh, 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 just how important a principle is, how principle can just save your life and my life. Okay, how many remember the story of David, right? Uh, how many know that David was an extraordinary king? 
David loves the Bible, which is why he, he spent Psalms 119, personified who the Bible is, and described word to word what the Bible is to him. I mean, remember the story when David was being chased by Saul, all right? Uh, he, he, he defeated Goliath. He was a great king. Every single song, he, he's a happy man. He moves on. He becomes the captain. Eventually, uh, he got married to Saul's daughter and Saul, you know, not a very happy father-in-law and uh, decided to throw javelin at him and, you know, he didn't practice that very well. It wasn't an Olympic javelin. Anyway, so... David survived, you know, and then ran for his life. And for the next uh, couple of years, David was uh, the king that was made not out of the school of kings and princes, but it's made out of rock and mountains and forests and rivers. And some of the great passages in the Bible was written out of that. Some of the Psalms, which is Psalms 46, Psalms 23, and all those were written were being a fugitive that runs from there. Now, remember the story. There's one story the Bible says, one day at a cave, and uh, when David and all his soldiers were hiding, and Saul was in pursuit of David, and Saul came to a place where there were a lot of caves. Now, if you've been to Israel, uh, Israel had a lot of caves. Philippines is a land of is a is a is a land full of islands. Israel full of caves. That's where they found the Dead Sea Scroll because it was found in a cave. So they were full of... If you've been to Israel, this is lots of cave. So anyway, what happened was David and his men saw that Saul was coming with his whole entire soldier. So he says, everybody hide, hide. So they all went to the cave and hide. And lo and behold, when Saul was riding on the horse, nature called. He says, oops, I got to go to the toilet. And because he ate curry the day before, spices. So it's, it's not just any nature call. It's the nature call. It's the big one. Okay? So here it is, Saul. And, and so all the soldiers say, Saul, Saul. I say, sorry, there's no toilet. There's, you know what I'm saying? There's no public toilet. This is, this is um, no R&R. You know what I'm saying? No, he says, okay, okay, yes. Go to the cave. So of all the hundreds of caves, Saul chose the cave where David is hiding. So can you imagine, here comes Saul. I mean, he was okay, you know, and then he maybe put on the line. Nobody, everybody was quiet behind. David was there. And Saul says, okay, this is the perfect place for me to do what I needed to do. So he squat down. Okay, I won't go into the detail, okay? So anyway, <laughs> while that is happening, while that is happening, David was just behind. And all his men look at David. They were all prophets. They says, God has given Saul to you. He says, it's so correct, right, David? Come on. He is chasing after you. There were hundreds of caves. How in the world would Saul choose the cave that we are in? God has given Saul to you in a silver platter. All you needed to do right now, and you know, he is in a position that he cannot defend himself. Are you with me? Okay, go back and try. Okay, no, okay. He says, you can't take the sword because you're setting aside, you're, you're in a position, you know, all you needed to do, David, is just, you know, you go up and, you know, I mean, you just kill him, silence and... That's it. You finish everything. You know what? You know what kept David from not doing what everybody tells him to do? You know how he applied the Word of God? Principle. He looked at all of them. He says, I will not touch God's anointed one. 
It is that simple principle. Because he loves the law of God. That principle held him back and says, nope, I'm not going to do it. Though everybody tells me this is it, I'm not going to do it. When you are able to take the Word of God into a way you live out your principle, when you take your tithe and give it to God, gets a principle that I'm going to abide because that is from God. It changes, it directs your path. It gives you a clarity. That is a principle. I'm going to be faithful to my wife, a principle that I'm going to honor. I'm going to come to church every Sunday because that's the day of the Lord. First day of the Lord. I will honor myself, give myself worship. It's not an option. It's when you live principally, I tell you what, you walk. That's why David says, I am able to walk with integrity because it was the principle that governs him. And he was so clear about that. That's the power of the Word of God. Just become a principle that saved him and he eventually, in God's timing, became the king that God designed David to be. And David became the most extraordinary king in the land of Israel for till to date. Did you know that in Israel today, whenever a child is born and they will shout, especially male child, Dawood, 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 because that's David. Because they are said that hopefully that child will grow up, that male child will grow up to be like King David. It was still so popular. Secondly, the Word of God has a prophetic side of it, just the application of the Word of God, all right? Uh, prophetic side means um, sometimes when you read the Word of God, the Word of God, I don't know how to say it, but like a quickening, there's a quickening that is a, the Word of God jumps out and He just, it just speaks to you so directly. I don't know how to say it, all right? Now, I know there are people who allegorize the Word of God, just take the Word of God, grace be unto you. So, you know, grace is going to be my wife, you know, and I mean, that's strange, okay? Or, or some people say, you know, um, you know I thank God that, uh, uh, thank you for all your hospitality. You helped me to experience the God of hosts. Hose, hose, you know. Uh, some people, you know, just, just wrong. Uh, okay, okay, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about there is a category where you read the Word of God, where you welcome, you receive, and you believe. The Word of God becomes a prophetic. It's, it's, it's like a beacon. It's like a light that guides you. I, I actually have quite a number of examples of that. I'll just give you one, okay? Some of you do know that we finished our building, you know, as per what Pastor Ariel say. It has been a very difficult journey, honestly. No, no building project is ever easy, okay? Uh, anyway, we take on that project and uh, long, long story short, in that project, uh, we saw a piece of land and uh, we were about, we bought it the land, but when we wanted to build it, the, the, the cost saw to be so high that uh, we couldn't take it. And I do not want to be a pastor that appears in newspaper and wanting to commit suicide because of, you know, so I said, no, I'm, I'm going to be honest to myself. No way we're going to take on this project. We need to sell that piece of land and believe God for another open door. To cut a long story short, God opens the door, all right? For that door for us to walk through, three things need to happen. First of all, that land needs to be sold. The land that we bought needs to be sold. Secondly, we need to be able to secure the new building that we wanted to buy, okay? Thirdly, we need to get a fresh bank loan from the, from the bank, which is 
which is really impossible. Anyway, God, God, it's all a story by itself, how God led us through, okay? So we sold the land at a great price. We earned double from what we bought, so that was very good after about two years. And then we managed to convince the owner to sell it to us, which is our current building that we are operating in. But the, to get a bank loan was extremely difficult. I went and knocked on every bank possible, and no bank ever entertained. We have an existing bank loan for our existing land, which we are going to sell, and then we're going to buy another building. So I am trying to negotiate with the bank to trust our finance, which in a Malaysian context, no bank ever wants to borrow to church, just no bank, because it really gets complicated from a, you know, the government point of view. So anyway, cut long story short, I needed a miracle. I needed a really a big miracle. So this is typically what I do, right? So I asked the bank, I said, who is the decision maker for this loan, for this amount? So the bank told me, the decision maker is so and so, right? So typically, you try to get to the decision maker uh, so that the decision maker can help, okay? So what I did was, I was in the corporate world, so I called up all my corporate friends. I said, anybody know so and so? So finally, a friend's friend's friend. Everybody has a friend's friend friend who knows some friend friend friend, okay? That's just, that's just the way life goes, okay? So one of these friends said, okay, I have a friend. He's a CEO of this bank. He knows this person personally. So I said, okay, could you help me? So he linked him up to his friend, uh, which when I introduced myself, he says, he says, Pastor, okay, I will help you. I'll give you his personal number. I said, could you arrange for a dinner so that I meet up with the decision maker and so that we can talk? He says, he says I, I will only help to give you the number. I'm sorry, I cannot arrange the dinner for you. Okay, so, you know, that's what friends are for anyway. <laughs> uh, so, so, I said, okay, never mind. So, I gotten his number, all right? Now, how many of you know in today's world, if you were to call up anybody and you receive a number that you do not know, how many of you love to pick up a stranger number? Okay, okay, not in Malaysia because there's a lot of prank call, there's a lot of marketing call, am I correct? Okay, so nobody does that, okay? So what happened was, I have the number and I know that I have only one shot to call the decision maker, present my case and hopefully for him to give me a loan. The odd to get that is extremely, extremely small. It's almost non-existence. One day I was reading the Bible Psalms 143 verse 8, I remember. The verse says, God, help me to hear your loving kindness in the morning and show me the way I needed to go. Paraphrase, right? When I read that verse, prophetic, that verse just, just grabbed my soul, just grabbed my spirit. I don't, know what to, I don't know how to say it. That's why the Word of God is living. It's just alive. It, it, just, it just, you know, I, I just know that God spoke to me that morning that, one of the morning, because he says, I'll hear your loving kindness and teach me the way to go. I says, God, I know one of the morning, I will receive the good news. I just don't know how. So I put the, I put the verse aside in my, in my heart, you know, somewhere. I just put it there. After about 10 days, one morning, I was driving my son to school. When I arrived at the school, out of nowhere, the verse popped up in my mind. And almost in my heart, I knew that that is the moment I needed to call. So I, I was driving. I parked my car by the side of the road. I pick up the phone call. 
and I called him. It was about 9.45, 9.50 in the morning. I gave him the call. It ring. Ring, 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 ring. And I he pick up the call. I know I have 10 seconds to make a good impression. Because if not, it will be, sorry, sorry, wrong number, wrong number, wrong number. You know what I'm saying? You know, Malaysian, uh, every time when they say something, they got to repeat many, many times. Wrong number, wrong number, wrong number. <laughs> okay, anyway, you know. Uh, okay, come, 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 come. Eat, you know, I don't know. That's a Malaysian, okay? Anyway, you, you just make sure you get it, okay? So, so uh, he picked up the phone and I said, and I said, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor. Can I have 30 seconds of your time? There was a silence and I says, okay. So I told him exactly where we are and I said, we needed help to get a loan. Would you consider? Then he says, all right, give me your file number. I'll look into it. I text him the file number. Three days later, the loan was approved on my table. You know what? Till today, I've not met him. I've not met him. I spoke to him only once. He approved it. He doesn't know how I look like. I don't know how he looked like. All I know is there is a prophetic element of the Word of God. That sometimes it just jump out and there's a quickening of the Word of God and you know that God has been. Why? Because the Word of God is living, living. It's alive. It speaks to you. Right? Now, finally, the Word of God, you can take it to your prayer. Just learn how to pray through the Word of God. It does amazing things. Okay, now I have no time to talk about this. I'll, I'll give you uh, one last verse and then I will end with a story and then we'll wrap up the day, all right? Would you read together? He says, the law of the Lord is perfect. And then he says what? Converting the soul. Now, you could go through Psalms 119, every verse of them. I just take one. He says here, the Word of God converts your soul. Which means, whichever is the condition of your soul, if you immerse yourself into the Word of God, it has the ability to convert you. How many of you like Power Rangers? <laughs> there is a conversion that happens when they put on that, you know, they... They convert, they become the hero, right? I mean, you know, Superman, when he takes him out, you know, all of it, right? There's a, there's a conversion, so to speak. There's a, the word convert in the Hebrew simply means you change, restore back, and you take it back. Which means that sometimes your soul was given to something else. Sometimes your soul was given to discouragement. Sometimes your soul was given to hopelessness. Sometimes your soul was given to... Whatever condition that you go through, he says the law is able to take that back. Take it back. Some of our soul was given to depression. We're depressed every day. He says the law is perfect. It converts, it takes it back. That's the capacity of the soul. I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe, but it's something that you and I, we just need to experience the Word of God. Tell you one last story, okay? About two and a half years ago, I had a sleep disc, okay? Um, had a quite a bad sleep disc. I went for rehabilitation in the medical hospital by a very good, uh, you know, a doctor that helps to rehabilitate. It's a rehabilitation kind of a doctor. Took me through for about six months and she said that's the best she could do with me. 
and she said, you, you potentially need to go for surgery. I, I could hardly walk. I was bedridden for two weeks, uh, more than that. You ask my wife, I, I could really hardly walk. It was consistently pain. I, I just kind of managed myself. It was on those seasons where I get to sit and preach and everybody stand and listen. No, no, I'm just kidding, okay? Not I stand and preach, everybody gets to sit and listen, okay? I got to sit and preach, you know, all those things. And anyway, I was just really walking through that was, for about two years, was, was painful. Uh, when I went for, for my MRI, my MRI shows that uh, three of my Ds were, were already out of joy and whatever it is, okay? So the doctor says, so when I saw my chiropractor, he, this is what he told me. He says, yeah, one step away from surgical. He says, I think I can help you. And then he told me, you know, you can no longer carry more than seven kg. I love badminton. He says, Pastor, so I'm so sorry. You can no longer play badminton, you know, blah, 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 all those things. Okay? When I was going through all that, there was this verse that I pray all the time. 2 Timothy 3.11. Paul writing to Timothy, he says, he says, I was in Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, persecution, suffering, all that. He says, I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Now, I know. This sleepless has nothing to do with this. But I just like that little phrase, I endured, yet the Lord delivered them all to me. When that verse lodged into my heart, I'm just believing God that, God, you will. So I was given my soul away to discouragement, hopelessness. But something that took it back, the law of the Lord just could convert me back to soul. I began to have faith that I will one day and you know what? I saw my chiropractor, which today he comes to my church. He says I'm the, he has five miracles that he couldn't explain medically in his practice for almost 20 years. I'm one of them. Today I play badminton like normal, you know, I, everything like normal. No, he couldn't explain, okay? Uh, it's okay, no need to explain. I'm just happy I can do that, okay? <laughs> but I remember that word of God changes my soul. It puts muscle, puts faith, puts hope, puts everything in me that, Lord, I know one day you will deliver me from all of them. And that was about a year plus ago. I am just so glad. Now, the Word of God has that capacity. Because it's living, sharp, and active. When I was kind of preparing for this message, I felt Psalms, 100, Psalms 19 verse 7, not 119, sorry, Psalms 19 verse 7 says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. You know, I just felt like this morning, before you go, how's your soul? Some of your soul was given to discouragement. Some of you, your soul was given to depression. Some of your soul was given to hopelessness. Some of your soul is given to, I don't know, lack of joy. The Lord says that the law is able to convert that part of your soul. He's able to take it back, restore back unto the Lord. Would you just stand with me? Would you just stand with me? Now, this is what I want you to do, okay? I know we have potentially have a bit lack of time or whatever, but I, I, want, I want all of you, if your soul is at a point where you say, the Word of God can make a difference in my soul right now, right now. You just lift up your hand. You just tell God, God, that the Word of God be living, active, and sharp. Living, active, and sharp. Pierce through my thought, my intention. Pierce through my soul, spirit. Pierce through my bone and marrow. God, just 
give that super razor sharp convert myself take it back it belongs to God take encouragement back take hope back take faith back take love back take mercy take joy back in Jesus name hallelujah come on just lift up your hand this is believe with me believe together Lord the law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul God I pray right now in Jesus name let every soul that needed to be touched by your word let every soul that needed to be visited by your word let every soul that needed a tinge of your word that every soul that needed that that hovering of your word to change our environment to change our soul condition we pray in Jesus name we take it back through the word of God let the word of God be living let the word of God be active let the word of God be sharp in every one of our soul Lord we just declare the word of the Lord that's the power of the word of God in our lives so God we just lift up our hand and we surrender we say in Jesus name God may your word be alive well and strong in us in Jesus name we pray 